turn to Psalm 119. I'm going to let you stand up one more time. We're going to read eight verses and you can sit down. I know um, we didn't always used to do that, but it's good for you to get the circulation back in your legs. You don't fall asleep, all right? So Psalm 119, verses 169 through 176, the last one. Said, let, let, not, let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplications come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteous, righteousness. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and, the law is my deli- and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee, and let thy judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it never returns void to us. Lord, I thank you for this Psalm 119 as we've looked at this and saw how much it references back to your word. And Lord, as, as I have said often, I think David wrote this, and if you look at his life and you see some of the things in here, you're just amazed that he wanted to serve you and, and served you with his whole heart. As the Bible said, a man after God's own heart. And Lord, may we be people like that. May we apply these things, these last principles in our lives, in, in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. These are the last eight verses. In fact, it's, if you look at it, it breaks it down into eight verses, and we've talked about this. He breaks it down in the alphabet. This is the last letter of the alphabet. And so he's breaking it down. You see all the alphabet listed through here. But I want you to, we're going to look at these in, in sections of the two verses together as we go down. There's the last two we're going to look at separately. But I want you to see these as we look at this and go to verse number 169 and 170. And you're going to see a few things with 169 and 170. They both start with the first two words. The first two words are the same. Let my. And then verse 171 says my, my. We've got, we've got an opportunity. We have to do something. It, it's, we can't wait for anybody else. It's about us doing something for God. And look at this. It says, let my cry come near before thee. There, and then look at, look at verse number 170. It says, let my supplication come before me. The only word that's taken out of there is near. But he's talking about this. He says, let my cry come near before thee and let my supplications come before thee. There's two things I want you to see with this. Um, we've got to have, we've got to share, share our testimony. We've got to have a burden for other people. And here it says, let my cry come, before, come near before me. God needs to hear what we have to, what we, what we are thinking. And he needs to hear our voice. And he says, listen, I want to cry out to you and I want you to hear me. And not only that, I want it to be near to you. Isn't it great that you could talk to God and He's always there? I mean, have you ever tried to call somebody today? I tried to call my wife four or five times and, and she had the phone on vibrate. She didn't see it. She didn't hear it, didn't feel it, didn't, I don't know. She wasn't answering. I was like, I, I start, then you start thinking of bad things. Well, I wonder if she's okay. I wonder if she's okay. And she was fine. But, you know, when, when you don't get somebody, it bothers you. Here, he's saying, listen, I'm crying out and I'm trying to get near to you, but I want you to look at two words in, the, in these first two verses. And it's the word understanding and deliverance. Aren't you glad that God gives you understanding? And sometimes we fight it. Look at the first verse. It says this, it says, Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. And, and as I was thinking, we were sitting there eating with the hearse, and I was thinking, man, alive. I was hearing her testimony, and she wanted, she loved the Lord, she knew the Lord, but you know, she didn't want to necessarily go back to what she had just left, as he had said. And then, then we, I do the same thing. I, I would say, well, I'll do this if you do this. I'll tell God, if you do this, I'll do that. 
And that's not what God wants. He doesn't want speculation on my part. He wants me to just follow him. You know, she said that they moved to Pensacola. And while she was at Pensacola, she just prayed that God would be, this is where the mission field is that God sent me. And so she was there and she fell in love with Pensacola. And then he was, he was praying for the Philippines. And, and so he went, they went to the Philippines. But it, it, it took step by step by step. You know, I, I think of some testimonies that I've heard where you, you just fight it and you fight it and you fight it. I, there was a man that I knew that, was, that worked with me and he told his wife he wanted to be in ministry. And she said, there's no way I'm going to be in ministry. And, and he worked for the power company and, and he was putting up some power poles in, in the, at Pensacola and he was working on it. He gets a phone call and his wife said, you need to come home real quick. And so he goes home and she's sitting on the kitchen floor and she says this statement. She said, I told you I didn't want to be in ministry, but I'm willing to do it right now. And he goes, honey, what happened? She said, I was washing dishes right here and lightning struck our house and threw me to the floor. Well, he worked for the power company and he was out there. I don't know if you're having Pensacola. It rains almost every day at Pensacola. Okay, well, it had not rained a drop there. And so he calls the power company and they, they do some research on the weather. And sure enough, there was one lightning strike and it was right on their house. And she said, whatever God wants me to do, I'll do it. Now, I'm not saying God's going to strike you with lightning, but he, she, he didn't even believe her when she told him. But sometimes we have to have God tell us, we'll do this, we'll do that, if you do this or if you do that. But you know what the Bible's saying is that we need to get some understanding. God gives us understanding, but where do you get your understanding? Look at the first verse. Give me understanding according to thy word. What is this saying? It's saying that you get understanding from what God wants you to get from his word, not our understanding. Because again, we put specifications on God. I'll do this or if you do this. And God's word never did that. He says, just do it and I'll bless you. And sometimes the blessings are not what we, we necessarily want. But later on, we find out it was the best thing that could ever happen to us. But we've got to get our understanding. We can't get our... I am tired of these polit, political ads. Somehow I got on a text now that tells me to vote. About every 20 minutes, I had to say stop to all these things. Then you get these texts, they tell you to do this. I am tired of the ads. I'm tired. I don't know. I don't know which one's telling me the truth, which one's telling me a lie. But aren't you tired of it? I can't get my understanding from Washington, D.C. That'll be the wrong understanding. Can I tell you that? That will be the wrong understanding. There's always agendas. But you know what? God's word doesn't have agendas. It says, listen, I need to get my understanding from his word. Then it also says in the next one, not only this, I like deliverance. You ever been in a situation and you say, I just don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. But the Bible says in the second verse, it says, let my supplications come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. Now he's going back and he's saying, listen, I, I want understanding from, from the word. I want, to, I want to read it and apply it in my life. And let me tell you something, understanding, when you get understanding, you apply it. So let me, let me give you an illustration. If I see that I'm not supposed to have a bad attitude and I read it in the Bible and I've got to watch my attitude, I've got to watch that I don't let bitterness creep in. If I let bitterness creep in, I'm not getting that understanding. I'm doing what I want to do. 
I'm trying to justify anything because, hey, do you, do you remember what they did to me, God? God knows what they did to him. Do, 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 do we not realize what they did to Christ when he was on this earth? And yet he still loved us. And he died for us. How many times have you let Christ down? Anybody let Christ down? I have. I've let Christ down numerous times. Even this week, I've let Christ down. And can I tell you something? As you look at this, I mean, look at, look at how many times we've let him down. He says, listen, I want you to get understanding from your word and apply it. And I was thinking about this, the understanding and the deliverance. See, God gives us understanding through his word. If you're not reading his word, you're not going to get understanding. You're going to get understanding from media. You're going to get understanding from friends. You're going to get understanding from your habits. You're going to get understanding from all these other things. But God says, listen, I've got a better way for you. I want you to get understanding from this. So God gives us understanding from this. And then it also says that he'll deliver us through this, through his word. How many of you believe that the Bible says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee? I do. It says it. Now, you're either going to believe it and accept it, or you're not going to believe it. You're going to say, oh, I think it's there. I know it's there, but I don't know if he means that. That means when you get in a rough situation, he's still there with you every step of the way. It's just that simple. He's not going to leave you. Either you're going to believe it or you're not going to believe it. So when you get in a situation, you get in a financial crunch, you, you just, you sit there and go, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to, you know, sometimes we just, we have so, we, we don't realize how much God has for us if we would just let, let, take care, let, let the wheel go and let him direct you where you need to go. And there's that deliverance. And sometimes he delivers us be, despite our faults. And here, and David, as I said, I believe David wrote this. He said, let my supplications come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My Bible tells me he's not going to let me go. Let, let go of me. He's going to always be there. I've been, there's been times in my life where he's all I've had. There's been times in my life where I just have to get my strength from him. I've tried to do it myself. You ever tried to do it yourself? You only have so much strength. Last time I checked, I know we got some strong men here. Bobby's a strong guy. I don't think he can change the axis of the world, but God holds the axis in his hands and it's there and it's there because God does it. And if God can control this world, he can take care of my simple problems. We sometimes see children and they'll come up to us and um, <laughs> a child came up to me on Sunday. I didn't even know it was on that sign out there, okay? And a child came up to me and said, did you put that sign up there, out, out there? Did you put that up? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I, I don't know if you know what the sign says out there. It says, we appreciate our pastor. And I said, I went out there and I went back to the child and said, no. I didn't. But you know what? Sometimes children say some of the funniest things. No, I wouldn't put that up there. <laughs> sometimes things happen in your life and you just go, there is no way I can get through this if it wasn't for you, God. My, my strength can't get me through this. Let's just be honest with ourselves. How many times have you ever tried to do something on your own strength? Anybody in here? I have. I'm not going to ask you what it was, but if we were honest with ourselves, sometimes we think our personality can get through it. Sometimes we've done it before, we can do it again. Uh, you know, this situation, it, it's just, I can handle this. You know what God wants us to do? God wants us to go back to Him 
and say, God, show me what I need to do your way. God doesn't do some of the things the same way with every person. He only asked one person to build an ark. He only had one person talk to a burning bush. He didn't do it all the same way. He had three Hebrew boys walk through a fire. There was another one that's mentioned in that book of Daniel that wasn't there. I don't know where he was. But I know that he wouldn't have bowed down either because later on, he would go through what? The lion's den. He doesn't do things the same way every time. And you know what we do? We do things by habit. How many of you do things the same way each day? I do. Even when I get up to shave and all that, I set my stuff out in a certain way. And if something's not there, where's it at? And I, and I set it, and, I, and I've got a system through it. Sometimes my OCD comes out. But you know what? God doesn't do that. God doesn't do, he doesn't, he doesn't work like we work. And he says he wants, he wants to give you understanding, but you've got to read his word. He wants to offer you deliverance like he promised through his word. But then he wants something from you. Look at the next two verses. They both start with the my, and the first one's what? Lips. And the next one is my. Now, when you, when, how many of you heard this statement? Finish this statement. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is not true. Whoever wrote that had no common sense. I've been hurt more by words than by fist. There's been times when people have said things about me or said something about somebody that I knew. It broke my heart. I went back and wept over it. And then you just got to move forward. But here he's talking to him. He wants this. God gives us understanding. We get deliverance. In Psalm 171, Psalm 119, 171, 172, it says, My lips shall utter praise. And it says, verse 172, My, son, my tongue shall speak of thy word. You know what this tells me? That God wants to hear you praise him. My lips shall give you praise. My tongue, what is my tongue supposed to do? What's it say? My lips are supposed to give me praise. My tongue, in this next verse says, shall speak of thy word. Hmm. Let me break this down to you really quick. We're supposed to utter praise. And by the way, this is not praise about us. Let me tell you how great I am. You ever heard somebody say that? Well, they won't ever say it that way, but all they talk about is themselves. There was, a, there was a young man that was in our singing group. He had a great voice when I was, when I was in college, great voice. His daddy was a preacher in, 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 in Georgia. And um, I remember one time he, 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 kept, he kept, he was the kind of person that would always want your praise. So he would say things negative about himself so you would turn around and say, oh no, that's not true. And, and he... Um, he kept saying, I just don't have a good voice. And I kept saying, no, you have a great voice. You have a great voice. After about 10 or 20 times of this, after numerous days, he said, you know, I just don't, I just don't have a good voice. I said, yeah, I know you don't. Can I sing your solos in, in, in our songs? And I knew it threw him back for a loop because he looked at me and he never said that anymore. But he was the kind of guy that every time you had to prop him up, 
to get him to do something. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, you're great at it. No, I can't do it. And you know, God never intended for us to do this. But you know what, what we need to do? We need to quit giving ourselves praise and looking for praise, and we need to give praise to God. You need to find some things to praise God about. November's coming, the month of thanks. And you need to praise God for things. You say, well, I just don't. And you've heard me tell this story. I had one particular person that had a problem giving praise about anything. So they came into my office. I gave them a a sheet of paper. And I said, I want you to give me 100 things you're thankful for. And so she started writing things down. And she brought them back the next day. Next time we had church, she said, here, Pastor Widener, here's my 100 things. And And she said, I'm done. I'm glad you made me do that. It made me be thankful for it. And I said, you're not done yet. I said, by the next service, I want you to write 100 more things you're thankful for. And so she came back, and she was eager to give it back. Can I tell you, after about six or seven times, she didn't really want to see me. After about seven or 800 things she was thankful for, I want to tell you, she was thanking God for rocks, dirt, mud, air, hair, anything she could, get, anything she could think of. But she walked up to me when it was all said and done. She said, you know, you've made me think a different way. Because everything that, God, everything that we have, God's given us. We need to praise Him more. Now, you know what else we're supposed to do? Our, our lips are supposed to praise Him, but what's the second thing say about our tongues? We're supposed to talk about His Word. When's the last time you walked up to somebody and say, hey, tell me what God's Word has done for your life today. How many times have you heard that from somebody? How many times have you said that? Because this is what his, this verse is saying. Let's read this verse. It says, my tongue, in verse number um, 172, my tongue shall speak of thy word. It's talking about the, the gospel. It's talking about what God's word is. And when you start talking about that, can I tell you, you will have the right friends. Your friends' attitudes will, will change. Or your friends will change. I've had to make that change before in my life. When I was in college, I had to change my friends. And I want to tell you, it's not an easy thing to do because friends are easy to get when you're doing the wrong thing. It's harder to get the right kind of friends. But look at verse number 171. It says, My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. When you realize that you're learning and getting that understanding from God's Word, your lips will automatically thank him for what he's done and your tongue and remember what the bible says life and death are what you remember that verse life and death are in the power of the tongue that means i can go to wayne cowden over here and i can just uplift him or i can tear him down by the words that i say But my Bible tells me in this that my lips shall praise thee when I've understood what his word says. My tongue shall speak of thy word for all commandments of righteousness. He's saying, listen, my tongue will praise thy word because it's all right. God's word is all right. It's righteousness. Everything's correct with it. Have you ever told a story and you just don't know if it's all the way true? Someone shares a story with you and you try to share it. Have you ever seen that example where you whisper something to somebody and you go 10 people down the line and the stories are not even remotely the same when you get all done? But you know, in this, God's word is true. We've got to watch our lips. We shall utter praise and we shall speak of thy word. And then I like this. It says, my lips, my tongue. And then it says, let thine hand. Now he's referring back to God. He says, let thine hand. I like the next word. 
help. You know what the problem is with the most, most Christians in America? We don't think we need any help. Most Americans don't think we need any help. Have you ever shared the gospel with somebody and they said, oh, I go to church. And Sunday morning you see them mowing their grass or getting, putting their, pulling their boat behind their, their car or their truck. I've seen that. We don't need any help. But, but David is saying, listen, and here, if it, if it was David, and I really truly believe it was David, he is saying that as king, he needs God's hand to help him. What's this saying? That he needs God to be a part of all of his life, to control him, to direct him. Do you realize it just takes one thing in your life to change it forever? That's why you need God's deliverance, God, God's direction. I, I, I've shared this with you. There's 17 things in my life that's got me from where I, where I started out as a Christian to where I am now. 17 things that have happened in my life. And I want to tell you something. God uses so many things. And I look back and I think, oh, my word, when I look at this, how these things happen. And some immoral people directed me the right way. And different when I think about that, I'm like, wow. I, I mean, I, I, I look back and I go, there, there, there was a guy that was on staff with me that really got, brought me to the, my first ministry. Later on, he would leave that ministry, and now he's married to a black man. Left his wife and three kids. And he's one, that's one of my steps that I got there because I knew him from my college. And I'm thinking, here, a homosexual in a ministry brought me, and he was one of my better friends in, high, in college. I didn't see it coming. And I'm thankful that I had left that ministry before he came out of what he was. It would have devastated me to be there. I was a it was a long-distance thing there, and I, and I think, oh, wow, God used him despite what he was going to do. God never does things the same way. And I don't understand why he does the things he does, but can I tell you, when you look at this, I want his hand to help me. Because you know what I need? I always need the uplifting of God to bring me up from my, my miry state. Because we get in there and we go, oh, how in the world can we do this? How? And all God's doing is he's putting his hand, we're down here and he's putting his hand up here and I said, listen, I'm going to help you up here. You just get down up here. It's going to be okay. The Bible says in this verse, it says, it says, thine hand, let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. And this, this is a precursor. You've, if you want God's hand to help you, Bobby, guess what? You better be doing what he tells you to do. Because we can put this in perspective of people. When you had a wrong, you did something wrong with your parents, did you want to see them? Let's say they told you not to do something and you went out and did it. And they knew you did it the next time you saw them. What did you want to do? You did not want to see them. You did not want them to look in your eye. You did not want them to talk to you. You wanted this to all blow over. But yet we don't think God thinks that way. You know what? If we want God to help us up and give us his hand, we better be doing what he tells us to do. Now look at the next verse. It says in verse 174, it says, Thy salvation... It says, I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Here he's saying, listen, I need to be saved through this. I need your helping hand. I need your understanding. 
I need your deliverance. My mouth should be speaking. My tongue should be speaking. But the one thing I longed for was thy salvation. Because the only thing that can help you out of a situation is God's hand and His salvation. Sometimes we fail to realize who, how great God is. You ever been down in a, in a, in a, in a valley and you have no idea what's going to happen? Then all of a sudden you, you've been doing everything God wants. He reaches down and He helps you and you truly see His salvation. And I like this word, His delight. I don't know what it is with this one piece, what one type of food that, I, that I've always loved. I guess it was something that I ate when I was younger. But how many of you have ever been to Dairy Queen and ordered a peanut buster parfait? It's got chocolate and nuts on the bottom. Put a little bit of ice cream. Well, chocolate hot fudge. And then they put hot fudge and nuts there. Then a little bit more ice cream, hot fudge and nuts there. And then they give you a spoon. I just start thinking about it. And you know what? I start delighting in that. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's good stuff. Start salivating over it. Amen. And whenever I see a Dairy Queen, I don't think of, I don't think of the slushies or whatever. I think that's what they're called, they, they make. But all I can think of is a peanut buster parfait. And I start salivating. I think, man, and I can, sometimes I'm, I'll be on a diet. I'll just drive over there and I'll say, I'd like one of those. And I just take a break from my diet for about 10 minutes and I go back to my diet. But my delight is this. My delight is something that I love. Something that appeals to me. And here he says this. He says, my salvation and thy law is thy delight. Now watch this. That, and it says in verse next one, it says, let my soul live. I think David is saying there's been times in my life when I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to survive. I had a man that was on my staff that was trying to take over. I had a son that tried to take over. I lost my best friend in Jonathan. I didn't know how I was going to survive. But he says in this, he says, listen, let my soul live and it shall praise thee and let thy judgments help me. You know what's interesting about this whole, whole chapter? If I was David and I was writing, this is where, I, where I'm thankful David wrote it. 176 verses. There are six verses in 176 that do not reference back to thy word, thy precepts, thy judgment. There are six of them. But out of 176 verses, there's 180 times, because there's some verses that mention it twice, that refer back to God's Word, back to His precepts, back to His judgment, back to, back to His commandments, all these things. And you know what David does? He can relate so well to us. Because in the last verse, don't read it yet, because in the last verse, he refers to what we are. He does. I've got three things, and we'll go through these really quick. The three things that he mentions in this last one is he talks about reality, he talks about jobs, and he talks about rules. You know, if you're going to have a job, you have to have rules. And you know what the reality is? We are nothing. Brother Bowie. Brother Bowie's giving me his testimony, and um, I knew what church he was from. Most of you do not know this, but his pastor, I knew his pastor when he was a teenager. And I knew what, what had happened to his pastor. And I, and I asked him, I said, what, how did you handle that? His pastor had actually committed suicide in his church building. Very large church up in Canada. He told his, he told his assistant pastor, he said, there's a mess up in the church, you need to come clean it up. You know what the mess was? It was his body. I said, Brother Boo, how did you handle that? He goes, I want to be honest with you, Pastor Wagner. He said, 
there was, there was many times in my teen years that I just re rebelled against it. And he said, I ran from the Lord for a long time. But God was always in, in the back, just come back to me, come back to me. Look at how David refers to the reality of our life. What does he compare, compare himself to? Let's read what it says. The last verse of this great chapter, it says this, it says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. The reality of it is this, better people have fallen than me. We are just lost sheep, sometimes gone astray. But you know what I like? He goes back and he tells what his job is. What's his job in this verse? The reality is we're all, we all could do something wrong. And we do do things wrong. You know, I, 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 it amazes me how, times we, how sometimes we just do things wrong. You ever lied to somebody for no reason? My wife is not somebody that lies. I remember one time she called me and she said, I'm teaching the, I'm teaching the teen girls something. I need an illustration on lying. I don't have any. Can you tell me one of yours? And I was like, what? That, that, that did not come out right. She goes, well, I don't have very many. I can tell my wife, I've been with my wife for many years. And I've heard her tell in those years three lies. And I remember one, and I was like, why did you say that? We were walking down the, at, at, at a college we were at, and we, we had just gotten married. We didn't have much money. We wanted to eat, praise God. We all need to eat. And her band director walked beside her, and said, hey, Ann, how are you doing? And started talking to us. And she said, well, have you been practicing your clarinet? And she said, yeah, I have. And we just kept walking because she didn't want it. This guy had been her band director for many years. And we walked about 10 steps. I was like, I can't believe you just said that. She goes, I just got nervous. We had hawked her clarinet for some food, amen? And I just thought, and, and she goes, I just got nervous. I just got nervous. But you know what? Three, three things I've heard her tell in over 25 years. That's why she called me and said, hey, can you give me some of my illustrations? Your illustration? You ever been there? We're a lost sheep. It doesn't take us very far. You know, you know what sheep do? They watch other sheep and not the shepherd. And they do what the other sheep do. One sheep jumps over a cliff, you're going to have a hard time stopping them. Because we are sheep. And we look at other sheep. And Bernard, last time I checked, sheep are not the smartest animal. But you know what? That's what God, God compared us to. And when we follow other sheep and we do, well, they said this, and we never look at the shepherd and say, God, you tell me what to do. What's, what's, the, what's our job found in this verse, David says? What are we supposed to be in a, in a job? Right after it says lost sheep, what's the next two words? It says this, it says, seek thy servant. That's his job. So we have the, the reality is we're going to do things wrong. The, the, the job is to seek thy servant. We are supposed to be a servant to God. And then there's the rules. For I do not forget thy commandments. What a way to end this. To show us that we are little, God is big, we are to serve him, and he is to be served, and we are to read his word. There are rules that are in this book that we need to follow. There's not one rule that's in this book that you shouldn't follow. 
Let me just tell you this. If you were to go, we don't want to do this, but if you were to go and eat like the Bible tells us to eat, do you think you'd be healthier? Absolutely. But you know my problem is? I like bacon. I like sausage. Pork chops. Amen. Can I have an amen on that? But in, real, in all reality, this thing even tells you how to eat. Tells you how to live. Tells you how to do everything. But we just say, oh man, that's for the Jewish people. Why did God tell the Jewish people to do that? It's for their best. Sometimes we just don't want to follow what's in there. And I'm just talking about food. I'm ta- what about telling others about Christ? What about witnessing to people? about giving? What about having the right attitude? It's all in here. But you know what we are? We're sheep astray. We need to be a servant. We need to follow like commandments. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for these 178 verses that we can apply in our lives. Lord, none of us are perfect. We're all lost, astray. We, we get lost on certain things. But Lord, I am so thankful. As the Bible said, you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for loving me despite my faults. Let me be the servant that I need to be. Let my lips, my tongue praise you and talk about your word. May I get that deliverance that I need and that understanding from your word. May my soul live. May I have your hand helping me. And with all that, we'll give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name.